Hey friends, welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. Today is a show that you asked for. That's right, you asked for this. You wanted time management advice nobody tells you. You wanna talk about how to make time management work for you. And you want time management tips that actually work. Well, we've got just the guy for you today. We've got Paul Casey with us today, and he's originally from Chicago, and he's been a professional speaker for over 25 years. He's given almost, I, I, had, a, I had a really look at this twice when I read it, he's given almost 300 presentations in the past four years, and he is, now he's being, being modest, and in his bio it says he's one of the leading authorities in leadership and personal growth, especially time management. He is the guy for time management. He helps people take back their calendars and restore sanity of their lives. He's spoken for organizations like McDonald's, Subway, uh, Lamb Weston, Northwestern, Northwest Public Power, and AutoZone. He's, he coaches a bazillion people a year. Uh, 25 of them lead uh, Pacific Northwest National Laboratories. Paul's got a master's degree in education, and he's been an educator, administrator, chief operating officer in five nonprofits. He's an ACC certified coach with the International Coaching Federation. He's a master trainer. He's a member of the National Speakers Association. You know, he's, he's the guy when it comes to everything related to time management. He's helped if you go to his website, there's probably three dozen companies there that you're going to recognize immediately. He's married to uh, his wife, the lovely Laura, has a 23-year-old and an 18-year-old, uh, and they're named after state capitals. We're going to find out about that in a minute. He, uh, he has a cat named Sasha, and he's lived in the Tri-Cities, uh, Washington, for over 20 years. He enjoys golf, hiking, bicycling and orange slices and he reads about 40 books a year of course he does because he's got plenty of time because he knows what he's doing with his time please join me in welcoming paul casey to the inside bs show great to be here dave <laughs> paul 40 books a year that's great i was trying to read a book a week and i got to like four weeks and i was like i just i this is this is crazy i can't do it anymore so first we gotta we gotta take care of the most important business um, all right, tell me about your kids who are named after state capitals. Yeah. What are they, what state capitals are they <laughs> named after? And why state capitals, Paul? <laughs> well, it didn't start out that way. So it's Austin and Cheyenne. And so, uh, so we okay. liked, you know, Austin and then we named Cheyenne. Then it was like, you know, we just named our kids after state capitals. So if we would have had a third child, it would have been Lincoln or Madison because most of the other ones don't work. Yeah, Albany, right? Tallahassee, Tallahassee would have been great. That would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'd like you to meet my son, Tallahassee. Yeah, there you like go. Like a country singer, great. yeah. So this is, it's really important. So I'm going to have my daughter, Dahlia Rose, listen to this, and she will realize we named her after two flowers. She could have been named Tallahassee Lorenzo. So just know, Dahlia, that you lucked out because your mother is way smarter than your father, okay? <laughs> All right, Paul. So you uh, you have become the go to guy for time management. Tell us how that got started. Did you wake up one day and go, I know what I'm going to do. I, I have a better system than everybody else. Or did you have to figure it out to make your life work? What was it for you? How did it how did you come to be the go to person for time management? Well, my mom's a teacher 
and teachers have to be masters at time management. I mean, they've got recess and spelling and language arts, and they've got to stay on track all day long. I was able to watch that all growing mm -hmm. up, and I became a teacher. So my degree is in elementary education. And uh, of course, then I had to manage time. And I walked into my boss's office, the principal, and his office looked like a bomb went off uh, in there. He was more of the global random, you know, kind of a guy. And I'm this concrete sequential kind of a guy. And I said, can I organize your office? Because I felt a little nausea inside of me. And organize people, you'll relate to me on this one, right? Because we just want to organize everybody. And so I go in there and see all of his piles. He goes, take a crack at it. Well, in those piles was a publication called The Organized Executive. I don't know if it still exists. I should probably research it. And it's all these time management tips. And I nerded out on it, Dave. I'm just like these articles. Each one of them was like this little time management hack. And I started living it and testing it to see if it worked. And then I started getting into it more. And I just, like I said, nerded out on it till I became like, these are the, the main things that I've distilled down to the, the habits that anybody can do. Okay. So let's talk about time management versus productivity management, right? Mm. Is it the same thing? Do they go hand in hand? Talk to us about time management versus productivity management. Yeah. And boy, it is a fine line. I think when you manage your time, then you are productive. So I think one leads to the other time management or is the, uh, I don't know, it's the buzzword. It's the, it's the tools, the tips and tricks that will get you to productivity. So I guess that's how I would draw the line there. Okay. So if I have, uh, if I'm, if I'm struggling with time management and I want to get more done in the time that I have and I call upon you, what's the first thing we do when we say, when, when I say to you, Hey Paul, listen, I need, I have the same 24 hours in the day that everybody else is, uh, everybody else does. I need to get more done. I need time management help. I need productivity help. What's the first thing we do? First thing is we're going to, um, I'm gonna to try to pin you down to what your core values are because I wanna know what you really want most. And this could be in your wellness, this could be in your relationships, and this could be, of course, being a rock star at work. So I wanna know what your core values are because those are the things that get sort of shoved to the edges that make most of the clients that I work with feel dissatisfied, feel stuck, feel like I'm not living the best version of me because I'm just doing the urgent. So we would start with our values. The next thing I would do is go to the vision for your life. And let's just go one year out. What do you want your life to look like uh, this time next year in all the major categories of your life? Let's just do a little exercise with that and brainstorm that out because we want to definitely manage our time in line with where you want to get to. Okay, I love that. So let's let's uh, let's dig deep into that. So for my for me, um, I come up to my wife at the end of the day. You know, we everybody's where as we're recording this, we're recording it uh, at the very tail end of February 2021. And, you know, at the end of the day, even though we're in the same house, we got four of us who are all doing our own things. Right. I got two kids in school on Zoom and my wife is doing her her work in her office upstairs and I'm here in the studio. At the end of the day, we get together and I look at her and I go, how was your day? And she says, I had the most productive day. And you're right. When when I say, tell me about it, she feels like she's more productive 
when she's done things that are in line with what her you know what her mission is what 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 she's really trying to uh to accomplish and you know if i'm thinking about it in the in the minute since you first introduced this concept to me i'm thinking to myself you know that's true of me too I mean, my mission, my purpose is to reach as many people, you know, 100,000 people, hopefully this year as I can and help them be more effective in growing their businesses, whether they're professionals or entrepreneurs. And when I when I record a really good show like this one or I reach out and I give a speech now virtually to, you know, 300 people. I feel like even no matter what else has happened, the rest of the house could collapse around me. I feel like I'm productive because I'm fulfilling my mission. So so I reach out to you and I say, I need help. And you immediately go to my values. So that really is that is that designed to make people focus on what's most important and that's how they feel better about what they're doing. Tell me why values first. Well, you use the word why just there and it really is your big why. It brings me back to the Simon Sinek concept of start with why, right? That we don't pursue anything in life unless our why is bigger than our excuses. So uh, most of us want to try some of this time management uh, techniques, but the why isn't big enough. So we just go back to our default way of doing things. But if the why is uh, loving my spouse more or my children more or increasing knowledge so I can benefit my audience, wow, that's that's pretty passionate building for me. So that's now I'm going to try to stick to these techniques because the end result is going to be so fulfilling, just like your wife says at the end of a, a great day. Mm. All right, so now this is starting to make some sense to me. You know, when I read your bio and it says you read 40 books a year, you read 40 books a year, and I'm, I'm willing to bet if I said to you what's your one of your core values, one of your core values is to expand and broaden your, your base of knowledge, I would imagine, right? Or to enhance your creativity if you read nonfiction. Am I, am I right about that? Yeah, so on, on the strengths finder, a uh, learner— Or if you read—I'm sorry, if you read fiction. <laughs> right. Right. Go ahead. Yeah, I uh, no, I'm, I'm completely nonfiction. And that's fun for me. You know, some of my clients will be like, Paul, you got to okay. read some some fun fantasy and sci fi. And I'm like, you know, to me, that's just uh, that's great for you and to relax. That's awesome. But for me, it's fun to read about leadership and personal growth. And so I just dive into that uh, whole hog. Yeah, Learner is one of my top five on the Strengths Finder. Input is usually also mm. somewhere in the top 10, which is learning to be able to pour back out into others. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's terrific. You know, you're uh, you're the first guest I've had in a long time to bring up Strengths Finder, one of my favorite tools. I worked at I worked at Gallup for a number of years, and I mm. uh, I know how powerful and how effective it can be. Let's let's go back to so you're so we start with my values. We start with what I'm really interested in, and I feel good. I feel more productive when. I'm fulfilling something that is part of my core mission as a person. So I can have a productive day if I'm spending the day with my kids and one of my core values is to be a great dad. I can also have a productive day if I do three podcast interviews and give a talk to a group of 30 people and you know I'm helping conceivably thousands of people. So doing two different things with my time, yet I'm still productive in both areas. 
it's kind of a that's kind of a Jedi mind trick when it comes to really looking at productivity, right? So if my if my core value if if my number one value is to be a great dad, I mean, you know, I still have to figure out how to make money so I shouldn't feel like I'm unproductive when I'm doing when I'm doing work because I need money to be a great dad, right? So we we have to really so mindset is the first step. That's what you're telling yes. me. Yes. Yes, and uh, we're on parallel paths. Right, you're being a great dad, and you're being an awesome uh, influencer for the rest of the world. Those can still be on parallel paths. Now we have to, of course, make time—not find time, but make time—for each of those goals um, within a week or within a day to feel like we're moving the ball forward. Interesting. So, all right, you you just you just said something there, which which really has got me thinking again make time versus find time, right? Time, time exists. We don't, you know, we don't, we, we use time, but how do we make time? So tell me about making time, Paul. Yeah, time is definitely an equal opportunity employer. We all have the same amount. And when, when someone says, I'm gonna try to find time for this, it doesn't happen. It becomes like the, uh, the New Year's resolution, which is just a wonderful wish that we throw out into the world but it doesn't have any, uh, I don't know, any any teeth to it, any any distinct goals. So I'm a huge goals guy. Obviously, it's what I do for a living. So I uh, love goals, and so we're gonna have to set some goals in order to make time for things and then hold to it. So the first tip I would say is we've got to establish our priorities because that is gonna be the key for setting the goals daily, weekly, quarterly for the for you to be productive over a sustained period of time and the way i would start with is by doing a daily preview every single day a daily preview is where you take out your last half hour of the day whenever you're, you end your work day literally put it on your outlook or your google calendar daily preview you keep that sacred and you look ahead at tomorrow and you decide what are my top three priorities for tomorrow and it can be in any of your aligned core values or vision uh, types of activities but you are going to go to bed tonight knowing that i've got a plan for tomorrow and i'm going to make time for these three things then you wake up in the morning tomorrow and it's like oh, i already know what i'm, I'm doing so i'm not going to waste any time squirreling about my office uh, for what do i have to do and another th cool thing dave is the the research shows that your, uh, your brain subliminally works on problems while you sleep. So if the last thing you do for work is to set your priorities for tomorrow, your intentions for tomorrow, you may wake up in the shower in the morning going, ah, I've got a way to solve that problem today. And we come up with our best ideas in the shower. <laughs> Uh, you're 100% right, and you know my theory behind that, with my uh, limited knowledge of dime store psychology, is that because we have a routine in the shower, pretty much things in there are on autopilot, right? right. And we're going through we're going through our routine in the shower, and that gives the rest of our mind time to be productive, time to wander, and that's where and that's where those great ideas come from. So the first two things for those of you those of you keeping score at home, the time management advice that no one tells you the first thing is values right if your values are front and center and you're focused on your values 
you will uh, you will automatically prioritize them and you'll feel good if you're acting within your values. You'll feel productive at the end of the day. The second thing, second time management advice, time management tip that no one tells you is the daily preview. So do the daily preview and review it. If I'm hearing Paul right, review it the night before. That'll put you to work while you sleep. When you wake up in the morning, you go take a shower and lo and behold, something will have appeared or, you know, a couple of days a week, you'll have an idea that will help you solve a problem or facilitate implementing a solution to something you've been most concerned about. Okay, the the daily preview, I think, is is wonderful. Here's here's the thing that I struggle with, Paul. So. I, um, and this is, you know, when, when we talk about time management for sales professionals, I think this is something that they're probably going to struggle with too. We, we're all afraid of missing out. We all have FOMO. We all have the fear of missing out, right? So when it comes to time management for sales professionals, you've got like a Tuesday and everybody says they can meet with you on a Tuesday. Nobody wants to meet with you on a Monday or a Friday. So what does your Tuesday calendar look like? You've got like 15 meetings and eight in eight slots on a Tuesday, especially now when you've got these Calendly and Acuity systems where you can, you know, your your prospects or people who just want to pick your brain can jump in and and put their time down wherever they want. I mean, I feel like the old Dean Martin expression, right? I wake up in the morning, I look at my calendar, I go, how do all these people get in my room? Like, what is, <laughs> how, how, how are all these people on my calendar? How could this possibly be? I had nothing yesterday and I got 35 people today. Well, the answer is, um, you know, you, you let the floodgates open and people scheduled themselves when they wanted to. So time management for sales professionals, I find when sales professionals are calling around, everybody says they can meet with you on Tuesday. You never say no. So how do I convince sales professionals? Look, you got to figure out ways to say no and move some of those people to other dates. Talk to me about that, Paul. How do how do we fall into this trap over and over again? Yeah. And boy, he said a mouthful there. Of we have to be able to say no. And and the reason we say no, uh, there's a there's a book out called The Power of a Positive No. And I just read that book about mm -hmm. two months ago. And what I really like about the concept in that book is you figure out what your yes is first. So that's your values, your vision, what you're trying to do as a sales professional. Um, you know that there's these five core activities that you have to do just about every day to be successful. How many calls you're going to make, go into your CRM and you're going to, uh, you know, find some, some thank yous. You're going to follow up on some dormant leads. Those are the things, you know, in order to be successful, you have to do every single day. Right. And so you have to, out of that, yes, be able to say no to certain other opportunities and feel good about it because it's like, I know these are going to also lead to business. So I have to sort out those 17 requests for my time and make my day manageable or I'm going to get to the end of the day and there's going to be 45 emails unread and I'm going to feel like I didn't get my five core habits done in that day. All right. So if you're a sales professional, I mean, one of the things that, that I think you said there that really is a highlight for me is know what, what core things you have to do in order to achieve your goals for the day, right? One of the one of the things that I teach uh, sales professionals, entrepreneurs, and people in professional services firms all the time is, uh, you know, the the we have these daily habits that I have them do first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning, I want them to write a handwritten note card yes. 
and send it out to someone just to keep in touch. The second thing I want them to do is I want them to email two people and make a connection between those two people. They'll, they should have done the research the day before so they know who the people are the day before. And then the third thing I want them to do the very first thing in the morning, you know, 8.30, 9 a.m., I want them calling someone on the phone just to check in and see how they're doing. Those are the three daily habits. And the way I convince them to do it is I say, look, if you go, there's, let's say there's 20 work days in a year and you go through those 20 work days and you've done these three habits and you hit on all three of them, you connect with three different people over the course of those 20 days, that's 60 people you've touched. What do you think the likelihood of you getting a referral or somebody saying, hey, you know, I just was thinking about you because you, you sent me that nice card. 60 new people that you've touched at the start of your day if you don't do anything else, your your day is already off to a good start as a sales professional. What are your what are your thoughts, Paul, uh, on you know when we're talking about time management for sales professionals uh, in this segment? What are your thoughts on getting the most important stuff out of the way first? Is that is that part of the system that you teach? It's actually the very next step, Dave. <laughs> nice segue without without knowing that, but yes, you want to accomplish your priorities early in the day to avoid procrastination because uh, what I believe is afternoons become runaway trains. Can't remember who that quote is from, but I use it all the time because you, you've got your priorities in the morning, the three things that you teach, but no, you know, I don't wanna do that right now. I'm gonna squirrel away on some email or I'm gonna research something over here. I'm gonna just keep dragging that on my calendar into the afternoon. And then what happens in the afternoon? Someone wants to meet with you or your kid calls you from school and says, dad, I need you to pick me up, I'm sick. And you're just like, ah, now I don't have enough time blocks in my day to get my main priorities done. So I agree with, with what you said 100%. It's the first thing you do, and nothing can interfere with that except if it was an emergency. Then you've got to get those core habits done as early in the day. It's the old concept of eat that frog, right? Uh, Mark Twain started that. Brian Tracy made it popular. If you have to eat a raw frog today, which would be disgusting, wouldn't it be better to eat the frog early in the day and get it over with than dread it all day long uh, eating that raw frog? So by eating the frog in the morning, many companies have adopted that phrase. Now, have you eaten the frog today? And that's like, have you gotten your core habits done at the beginning of the day? Yeah, I, one of the things that really stuck with me, and for those of you who, uh, if you don't have your own podcast, one of the best reasons to have a podcast is to you get to pick the brain of, of fantastic people like I'm free coaching right now. But I, I did it. <laughs> I did a I did an interview with somebody um, in December, uh, a good friend of mine, and I asked him probably something that I've asked him a million times, but now I was ready to hear the answer. And I said to him, how do you stay? He's in tremendous shape. Like he's, uh, he's my age, but he is a uh, triathlete. He runs marathons just for fun, travels all over the world and enters these different marathons with his kid. Um, so I said, how do you stay in such great shape? I know how busy you are. And he says, the one thing I never compromise throughout my entire day is my exercise. He says, if I know I'm, I have a busy day, I get up at 4 a.m. and I run 10 miles before my day starts. If, uh, you know, typically my day starts at six with a, with a run. If I know the weather is gonna be bad, what I do is I make sure that 
I, you know, get my run in either before the bad weather comes or I pack bad weather gear if I'm on the road and I know that I'm going to have to make that run during the bad weather. So I'm mentally prepared when I go to bed the night before the first thing in the morning I'm going to do is I'm going to get my run in and I'm going to uh, get my time in the gym in. And I never, ever compromise that. And, you know, candidly, Paul, that's how I was I was able to begin doing podcasts on a daily basis. Everybody says to me, oh my God, daily, I don't know how you do it. You know how I do it? I decided that I was gonna make sure I had enough interviews every week. And in order to make sure I have enough interviews every week, first thing in the morning, I do an interview every single day. And if somebody can only do the interview on a Saturday, because this is a priority for me, I'll do the interview on a Saturday. I got an interview tomorrow. It's a Sunday because I could only get this person on a Sunday. And I really wanted to talk to her. So if it's important to you, you get it done. The question is, and we're talking right now, uh, again, just to wrap it up about time management for salespeople, how badly do you want to achieve your goals? If you want to achieve your goal bad enough, you're going to make it a priority and you're going to get it out of the way right in the beginning of the day. That's, that's, just, that's just what you do. Now, here's the thing, Paul, and I, I don't know the answer to this, and I, I'm hoping you do. How many priorities can we have before like our heads explode, right? Because we can't have too many priorities. That's right. Too many priorities means you have no priorities because then everything is a priority. I can't remember which book it was. It might right. be The Power of Habit, but the word priority didn't even become plural until like 40, 35, 40 years ago. Isn't that interesting? Because priority means top. So mm. priorities is sort of a misnomer, right? It's like top, top, top. So, but we're Americans, right? So we can do more than one top thing. So I like to say three. I think our brains revolve around this number three. If you're going to the store and your uh, your partner says, you know, I need you to get milk, eggs, and butter, and then raise your walk out, and also get chewing gum. And now it's like, okay, gum, milk, butter. Oh, what was the fourth thing? You know, and we lose that fourth thing. But three things we can keep in that short-term yeah. memory. And so I think three top priorities, even though you're going to get other stuff done, I think the three top priorities are the best. Okay, great. So we, uh, we're, we're, we're going back to our list of time management advice that nobody tells you, right? The first is your, your values, your yes. What, what are you doing? What are you focusing on? The second was the daily preview so that you can work on stuff while you sleep. That's a, that's a great piece of advice there. The third was the say, say no. You got you to gotta learn to say no to stuff. And we talked about, and I think that goes hand in hand with what your, what your priorities are. And then Paul said, do it first. If it's that important to you, do it first, get it out of the way. And that's kind of a procrastination prevention method. So, Paul, let's let's talk briefly about procrastination, because I, I majored in this in college. In fact, I, I was fantastic at it in high school. I majored in it in college and I'm excelling at it now that I'm in the business world. I am. Nobody procrastinates as well as I do, Paul. I am a champion. So. First of all, Paul, why? Why do we procrastinate? Why do business leaders like me, people who are successful but we want to be more successful, why do we procrastinate? <laughs> yeah, I think we need to start a procrastination anonymous club. <laughs> Hi, my name is Paul, and I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> no, we're going to start it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we'll start it tomorrow. I love it. I love it. Well, I, I think yeah. uh, you know maybe one of the whys is because we like to do what's fun, we like to do what's easy or convenient, 
right? We love to just fall into things. And boy, there's so many things around us. I'm looking at my office that I could do that's fun. And that's not my top priorities, right? Because it's just so easy I fall into it. So we just sort of push that off. Um, sometimes even when our brain approaches change, it sort of fights us on it because it's like, no, I, I like the comfort zone here. So, uh, oh, you're going to push past that. I have to write a handwritten thank you note. I don't want to do that today. And so we pull back into something easy and fun and we squirrel and <laughs> we don't do that main thing. Yeah. The So my one, one of my uh, and I, I look one of my real big uh, bugaboos for me personally is that I know this about myself and I know that I will make a decision to tackle this, whatever this thing is at some point when I'm ready, but the pain has to be so great. Yes. The pain of not doing yes. it has to be so great that it, it forces me into doing it. I mean, I can tell you, I can give you dozens of examples from my past I, but what I started doing recently is just manufacturing that pain and getting worked up in my mind about it before I need to. So here's a here's an example. Um, and you having you're as a guy who speaks a lot, I think you'll appreciate this. So I had this uh, I had this one speaking gig for a client organization, and they said, "Look, you've only got 45 minutes, and now it's virtual. We're not going to do it in person anymore. So we can't play you off. We can't have somebody come up on stage and get you off in case you go too long." We'd like you to send us the slides a couple of weeks in advance. Now, normally I don't speak with a lot of slides, but of course, visual is really important mm -hmm. during virtual. So I started using more slides and I hate Paul. I hate and I'm using the word hate here. I hate doing slide decks. Right. <laughs> and I have a I have a graphics guy that I use for really important presentations. He punches up my graphics, makes them look better. So if I got to get these slides to these people two weeks before, I got to get it to the graphics guy two weeks before that. So that means that instead of taking the laptop and tweaking the presentation five minutes before I walk out there, right, which is what we do when we do it in person, I got to do this a month in advance. Yep. So now I start, the minute I book this, I'm thinking about that. I'm going, oh man, I got to do this a month before. <laughs> so what would a smart person do? Well, a smart person would make the due date on the calendar a month in advance. No, I put the due date, the actual due date, I just circled it and made sure I started, right? So I knew that that, that I had to do these slides. I, and, and then I look at the calendar, I, yep, I got to do that six months away. I definitely got to get to work on that. Oh, oh, you know, four months away. I got to, I definitely got to get to work on it. And then I, and I looked and I went, oh, four months away. That means I got like two weeks to do these slides. All right, well, I got to start that next week then. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened yes. the week before. And I stayed up all night the night before the fourth week out. And then I turned it over to my graphics guy and we got it, we got it all in place. But I agonized over that for months and months and months. And I could have saved myself all of that agony if I had just sat down and banged out the slides in the first place. <laughs> so now that's my avatar, Paul. No, it really, that's my avatar. My avatar is, do I want to be miserable for six months thinking about this gig or do I just want to do the slides today 
and not have to worry for six months. Yeah. And it, and it just now to me, it, it just makes so much sense. Yeah. So, you know, what is that? What is your what is your way to avoid procrastination? How do you do it? <laughs> yes. Before I answer that, you, you, I, you, I, you're laughing. So you don't you obviously don't torture yourself like I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, before you before you even go there, all your listeners should listen to the TED talk. Um, called Inside the Mind of a Master Procrastinator. There's not very many funny TED Talks, but you're going to just roll on the floor yeah. if you struggle with procrastination. Inside the Mind, I think uh, uh, Urban's his last name, but it just, uh, it's a really funny one um, <laughs> that you'll just love. But yeah, we get, we get a shot of endorphins whenever we cross something off our list. It's like, if, if you're a list maker and you're listening to this, you're just like, totally get that. Some people put things on their list after they do it just to go, ah, you know, and cross that puppy off. I love that feeling <laughs> personally, and that's why I go after it. But here's my fourth tip, and it goes right to what you're talking about here, is you have to make appointments with yourself, which is time blocking. Okay. Make appointments with yourself as if it's an appointment with another person. And then you have to honor that appointment with yourself. Now, if we had like someone going to meet us at our door at 6 a.m. to go jogging, we would not stand them up, right? That we would just get a big earful or we would lose friends if we stood up a, uh, a potential prospect in a coffee shop and we just went, <laughs> I'm not going to go, right? None of us would do that. But why do we do this to ourselves, Dave? Why do we stand ourselves up and not respect ourselves enough to honor the deadline that we set? So by blocking a time and say at nine o'clock tomorrow morning, I'm going to, and then whatever that is, you put it in the time block, you overestimate how much time it's gonna take to do it, because there's a little trick to that as well. And then nothing, you know, besides a person in your face, uh, nothing, nothing gets moved. You have to do it and obey your calendar when that time block comes up. That's the only way that I have beaten procrastination over the years. It changed my life, my productivity life. Okay, so the yeah, making the appointment with yourself and treating it as sacrosanct. I've had a little success with that um, with uh, with lawyers, for example, who tell me they don't have time for business development. I'll say, listen, we're going to put it on your calendar. I don't care what time you put it on your calendar. I would prefer you do it first thing in the morning. But if you you know if you can't, let's put it on your calendar. We're going to treat it like an appointment with the court, yep. so that you do not blow it off. That is that is you know absolutely positively immovable. That's a time commitment you you 100% have to keep. All right, so your your tip keep uh, make an appointment with yourself is another uh, is another point that uh, time management uh, piece of advice that nobody ever tells you is you have to make appointments with yourself. What else should we be doing to make sure that your calendar doesn't get like my Tuesday calendar all junked up with 15 different things? What's the what's the next step? You know, I don't know if it's the next step on my system, but just to address specifically what you said is we have to make a cap of how many uh, meetings we have in a day and put in margin in our day. Margin is the white space in between appointments. If we go back to back to back, mm. we first of all get exhausted when that happens. Uh, sometimes we run late for things. And uh, I know you're a big proponent on um, if people run late, uh, Maybe you shouldn't be trusted, right? Um, so that's another thing. We're 100%. not preparing ourselves mentally for the next appointment if we're going back to back. So I don't know, at the end of those days, I just feel a little anxious. Like I haven't given myself buffers to absorb the unexpected that's gonna come at me. 
So I actually have one client who puts on his calendar, not a meeting, which I think is hilarious because he's in an organization like you described where people can throw their meetings onto other people's calendars, which I've never been in an organization like that. I think I would go crazy, but I know a lot of the listeners are in those organizations and he has to put a block that says not a meeting so that people can't schedule over the top of it. That's how he puts in margin in his day. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I do, I do the same thing. I, I book it as sanity time. Yeah. I put in there like an hour of sanity time. That's what I call it. And, you know, uh, Carrie, who's, who's my wife, who works, uh, who works with me. If she sees that on there, she's, she knows that there's nothing, nothing can go in there because either I have a project coming up that I need to focus on, or uh, there's, there's an interview or a big appointment coming up. And I, you know, I foolishly share the uh, Acuity calendar link with people to book shows like this so that I can get them when it's convenient for them. And if I put the sanity time in there, it blocks the time off on Acuity nice. too. Now let's let's talk uh, uh, briefly about when it comes to time management for entrepreneurs. Um, I don't know if you know Dan Sullivan. He's a he's a, an entrepreneurial coach, and one of the things he advocates, and it's not a time management for entrepreneurs tip, but it's a it's a productivity tip. It's a creativity tip. Is he has this system for free days, and he says, look, if you were a professional athlete, you know, and you you played two games in a row the coach would probably give you a day off to recover and to to recuperate you know nfl teams if they play on sunday they generally take monday off so that they can so that they can rest and recuperate and they go back in and they watch film on tuesdays he said professional singers even if they're doing a residency in vegas will routinely take whole days off where they have you know tuesday and wednesday the show goes dark so that they have complete days where they're away and they get to rest their voice and recuperate as an entrepreneur you know with the crazy schedules we have sometimes we don't have that luxury talk about paul your experience with giving yourself just a complete time, like a break away from everything that it is you do in your work. Does that work? Does that help improve productivity? Is that a good time management strategy for entrepreneurs? I love that you bring this up because I'm a work in progress on the first part of this, which is if I have a speaking engagement for one hour, like a lunch and learn, I need to give myself at least a one hour recovery after that. If I have a two hour, I wanna give myself a two hour break. If I have a half day presentation, I wanna take the rest of the day off. And if I have a full day, I wanna take the full day off. Am I good at this yet? No, I gotta be honest, I'm not. But that is in my head now for scheduling that if I see something big, I've gotta give myself a buffer. But I also wanna, my, my goal is to try to take five days off, five continuous days off a month. Now, two of those would be a weekend. So that's three work days and a weekend where I just don't do any work with clients for five days. That's my goal. Don't always hit it, but I'm trying to do that. And then a bigger block in December, try to get maybe half of December off. I think I'm going to call it a sabbatical every year because that's the time to refresh. Mm -hmm. Another technique I use is to have a monthly retreat with myself, a personal retreat with myself. Uh, I did it yesterday, right? I don't go to my office and I don't go to, I'm not at home. It has to be a, a neutral location. Like I go to a co-working space here locally in my town 
and uh, the sun's coming in. Just have my laptop. I've got my goal sheets, my vision for my life. Um, I've got an idea file. I've got a journal. It's super fun. I look forward to it. I'm a little bit more on the introverted side, so I love time alone, you know, to be able to do this. And that is where I take stock of my life and my priorities. I make sure nothing has gone untouched for 30 days. And I set goals then for the next month and the next quarter. And uh, oh, Dave, that is so refreshing. I came back pumped last night from, from that. And I would recommend all entrepreneurs to take a personal retreat day every month. Oh, that's that's awesome. I, I think I, I love I love the idea of that. One of the things I used to do when I traveled, I would if I was on the road, I'm a big proponent if I can if I can work it into my schedule of getting to the place where I have to be a day ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And I do that because I've just had too many nightmares and I'm not really good. I'm not a good guy who jumps off the plane onto the stage. I can't do that. I'm not a I'm not a jump off the plane and, and jump into the room with the CEO. I need to get a good night's sleep, have a good breakfast, you know, uh, work out in the morning and then I can go and I feel great uh, walking, you know, walking into the meeting or, you know, going in and delivering the speech. And that day ahead of that meeting, as long as I'm prepared in advance, that day is like a like a retreat day because you go to a new place, you're uh, you're in a hotel room, you're in a different setting that is usually neat and you know organized. You open your laptop, and that's where you can really get some great creativity, get some really good uh, ideas going. Now you've mentioned you mentioned a couple of things, and you uh, you've said this from the beginning of our time together today. So I, I want you to elaborate on it a little bit. First is you, you know, you said you have an overall, I think the way you phrased it is you have an overall mission for your life and then your goals stream down from that. Talk a little bit about that. Talk about why that's important. Yeah, having a personal mission statement is huge because it is a filter for decisions and opportunities. So my personal mission statement is to add value to people through equipping, encouraging words, servant leader actions, and a contagious passion to honor God with my life. So I've got it memorized now, and it's 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 from a lifetime of assessments. I love assessments, by the way, personal assessments, whether it's the DISC or the Myers-Briggs or the Strengths Finder. I, I've never been an assessment I don't like, but I've taken all the patterns from those, put them into one sentence, sort of mapped some of the key themes in there and put it in there. So now when an opportunity comes, like someone asking me to be on their podcast, for instance, I run it through my filter. Do I have an opportunity to add value here? I think so. Uh, can I encourage uh, listeners with it? Yes. Can I equip them? Uh-huh. Um, do I have a contagious passion for spreading this uh, evangelism of time management? Yes. Uh, can I be a servant leader, come from a humble position to serve the audience? Yes. Okay, then I say yes to the Dave Lorenzo podcast, right? But other things come at me and it's like, Paul, would you serve on this uh, community action committee for getting a new circuit court judge? <laughs> I run it through my filter. Can I add value? No, I don't know anything about it. Can I equip anybody on it? No. Can I, do I have a contagious passion? No, I'm glad somebody does, but I don't. Um, so that becomes a no and it bounces off my filter and I uh, say a polite no. So that's how a mission uh, dictates some of the opportunities and decisions of your life. Well, oh, that's great. I, I I love that. Now, how 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 long did first of all how long did it take you to come up with that? Because it's so well formed. Uh, it, I mean, were there different iterations of it sure. over the years? Was it the trial? Did you take stuff out of it and go, ah, that's not my mission anymore? Like, how, how, and does it change? 
It has not changed. Uh, it's been solid for, well, ever since I started my business in 2012. So we're going on nine years now with the same mission statement. And I also have a personal vision statement, which is this, uh, you know, view of the future for my life. But um, yeah, I think it was just hard to put it in a sentence. So I think people struggle with making a mission statement because it's like all these wonderful words that I want to put in there and they don't want it to be vanilla like everybody else's mission statement because it's got to be unique to you. The hardest part is putting it in a sentence. So, but once it's gotten anchored in, um, I really feel like I'm on the planet to do that. So it hasn't changed. Perfect. You know, I I learned this again. The, I, I feel like, you know, uh, I, I talk to people like you who, uh, you know, who have some of these things figured out. And I think about how I learned some of this stuff the hard way. I mean, for years and years and years, I mean, years, I chased um, uh, financial goals for myself and my business. Right. And then I sat down with uh, with Alan Weiss, who's my mentor, and I said, all right, here are my goals for the year. And he's like, these, these aren't goals. This is this is how much money you want to make. <laughs> and he said, how long have you been? He said, how long have you been focused on this? I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? I read all the books. I know about goals. I've been focused on this forever. This is how this is how we're going to make money. He's like, that's not how you make money. He's like, you're asking the wrong questions. He's like, what do you do for people? And I and I explained what I did. He's like, how many people do you want to do that for? I said, as many as I can. He said, no, no, you got to give me a number. How many people do you want to do that for this year? And I, I mean, I was taken aback and I thought about it and I gave him a number. And he said, that's how you're going to achieve the financial goals you want. He said, forget about the money. He's like, figure out how many people you can help. And he's like, look for ways to expand the number of people you can help. He's like, and the money's gonna come from that. So when I hear your, you know, your personal mission statement, I think to myself, you know, uh, I used to be somebody who I, I would think to myself, well, you know, I, I went through training on the total quality management movement and I, I get mission statements for companies. But, you know, I'm a guy. I'm a guy. You know, I'm a guy in a studio in my house talking to people. You know, do I really need a mission statement? Well, it seems like if I focused on what my mission was every day, it would enable me to help more people. And by helping more people, I would achieve whatever goals I had from a financial perspective. So I think it makes I think it makes a lot of sense. Now, do you reflect upon that like several times a day, like morning, noon and night? Or is it just part of who you are now? How does that work? Yeah, it is part of who I am. I do have it right in front of me. I can see it, you know, right in front of me here on my wall. So it's uh, mm -hmm. it is a very visible thing. And uh, I think goals, mission statements, uh, values, all those things need to be visible. They can't be in a binder on a shelf. I just say, just say no to binders, right? Because binders are just hidden right. and out of sight, out of mind. It has to be something in your face so that um, you can actually use it uh, as a filter for decision-making and for opportunities. And I, you know, can I take okay. Alan Weiss's thing to one more step? He was helping you work from this lag measure of money to how many people and i would take it even one step further and say now and now we need to focus on the lead measures that are going to get you there right and this is of course what you do with some of the habits you're teaching sales professionals but the lead measures are all that we can control the writing the thank you notes the making the calls the setting the appointments um, and then the lag measures are just going to happen after a while because you've done the uh the, the key tasks that are going to make you that money and have that influence 
Yeah, no, 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 excellent point. That's a that's a fantastic point. All right, tell me uh, in the in the few minutes we have left, let's talk about uh, mistakes. The most common mistakes people make with time management. So the most common mistakes business leaders make with time management, Paul. What do you give me? Give me the top five or six um, mistakes business leaders make with time management. Okay, uh, one would be. Uh, Owning it all, like putting it all on your shoulders and not delegating or outsourcing if you're, an, uh, if you're an entrepreneur. I think if we think we have to do all the things, right? If we're, we're always on the tarmac, but we don't get up into the 10,000 feet, the 20,000, the 30,000, working on the business types of things, uh, the calendar is just a mess with, with too many things. We can't do everything as well as there's other people in the world can. So if so, I've got a social media guy. I've got a personal virtual assistant. I've got a bookkeeper. I've got a CPA. I've got a web manager for my business because I'm a solopreneur. And if I tried to take all that stuff mm -hmm. on, I would be overwhelmed. So not delegating or outsourcing would be the first one. Uh, another one would be um, multitasking. Okay, thinking that I'm going to start this project. And then I'm going to get back to it and I'm going to start this project, get back to it until we have so many tabs open across the top of our computer that there's like one little letter. Uh, and so you're laughing right now, probably if you're listening and this is you. Right? I, I learned from one of my clients that it starts going vertical after a while. If you filled up all the tabs, it actually goes down. I've, I didn't know that before, but that just means... Like my my, pa my palms are sweating <laughs> as you're talking. My 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 hands are actually sweating. You're owning it. You're owning it. This is good. A problem unnamed, you know, can't be worked on. Yeah. So so yeah, we have to close. We have to we have to finish one task before starting another. It sounds like something on on a, on, a, on a kid show, right? But it, but it really is very important for us to close that and X out of it and then move on to the next thing because. There's only 2% of the population that are good at multitasking. And now that could be you, but the odds are it's not. So we're just screwed. Yeah, it's not you. Yeah, we're it's not. Listen, if you're listening to this, it's not you. Don't multitask. <laughs> it's not you. Yeah. You're not the 2%. Get out of it. It's, it's not happening. Yeah, multitasking is screwing up two things at once. I love that definition. <laughs> here's another, exactly. here's another one. Exactly. Another one is uh, letting, you know, squirreling away at distractions. So distractions could be email uh, notifications. Uh, it could be getting off track in meetings that you're leading. It could be, uh, I don't know, it could be paperwork that you're just, you know, letting slide right onto your, onto your desk. All these different, there's people walking in. You know, if you don't have enough boundaries around those distractions and some strategies to overcome them, they will take over all that time. And if you did a time tracker, some, some type of time task analysis, you would see how much time uh, goes is devoted to distractions instead of focus. So that's another biggie. Okay. All right. What's the what's the one that you were uh, that that you that, that you see most frequently because you work with a lot of people on this? What is the most common mistake? The number one thing that you know that 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 people get caught up in that they can that you know they can do this tomorrow and their life is going to change from a time management and productivity perspective you know i go back to the blocking time the the most people that that i get to that i meet or that want coaching are letting the day run them they are just they're just flowing with the day and being reactive leaders 
instead of being proactive leaders. And they get to the end of the day, again, feeling like a loser, like, oh, no, I didn't get my priorities done again. I got to procrastinate yet again. And they realize, where did my time go? I was busy all day. I mean, I never stopped moving, but I can't see anything that came to completion. I didn't bring anything to the finish line. And the only way to do that is through blocking time and finishing that task before moving on. So I would say it's that reactivity to, uh, to all the things that are coming at you is the number one mistake. Okay. I love it. That's great, Paul. Thank you so much. Now, is there, um, is there any harm in taking your system or the Covey system or the getting things done system? Is there any harm in making modifications to make it work for you? Because I, I know people who have these systems and they're, they're like ridiculously rigid and the system then becomes a problem and they hate the system and they're rebelling against the system. Talk about that. Is it is it possible to make some minor modifications to make it work for you? Absolutely. And, you know, that's what I've done. I've, I have I still teach Covey stuff in my seminars and some getting things done stuff. I've, I've just been sort of a none of these ideas that I've shared with you are original. They're all a compilation of all the stuff I've been reading for 20, 25 years. So I've made my own. And, you know, there's four different personality styles. If you take most of these personality style tasks and what's going to work for me as a more of an analytical the the beaver style the 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 c style on the disc you know of course i can nerd out on this and i can be successful on it because i love lists and schedules and time management but then you've got the sort of that global person that that otter that expressive um that high i style um they're not going to be able to adapt i mean they're going to have to adapt some of these strategies because they don't like lists they don't like schedules they're going to need more accountability, some more deadlines. They're going to have to say no in different ways because they love saying yes to everything. So you're you're right, Dave. This is not a one size fits all, although many of the habits I've shared today, if you do them, it will up your productivity. I would say like 25 percent if I had to pick a number. They're th they're that important to your uh, productivity success. No, that's that's fantastic. All right. Let's talk a little bit about TakeBackMyCalendar.com. What um, so if I go to takebackmycalendar.com, what am I going to find there? Is it, it automatically my life is going to be ten times better? Food is going to taste better. I'll be able to run faster. I'll be thin. I'll be sexy. I'll be smarter. We want everybody to go to takebackmycalendar.com, pay whatever Paul asks, and you'll be smarter, faster, thinner. Wow! No, seriously, man. Takebackmycalendar.com. Paul, takebackmycalendar.com. What can we find there? First of all, I want you on my sales team writing my copy for my products. <laughs> Secondly, it's a free gift and it is for your listeners and it is my control my calendar checklist. It's a lot of the stuff we just talked about on this podcast, but it's written there almost in a white paper kind of a format, very easy to digest. And you can work on one habit for a week or two. Then you can work on the next habit for a week or two until that one becomes a habit. And it's just sort of a cheat sheet for um, really taking back your calendar and, and uh, getting more peace of mind and restoring the sanity. Like you said, the sanity breaks. Um, that, that's what you're going to get there on uh, takebackmycalendar.com. All right, so everybody's going to go to we're going to we're going to do the takebackmycalendar.com challenge. We're all going to go there and 
when Dave Lorenzo falls off the wagon a week from now and calls Paul and goes, Paul, what happened? I was taking back my calendar. And now I'm having a nervous breakdown. We're going to have Paul back on. He's going to fix me up again. Takebackmycalendar.com. Go there. If you want to find out more about uh, if you want to find out more about Paul Casey uh, and watch him doing his thing, go to paulcasey.org. I'm going to put both of those links in the show notes. Um, Paul, what, uh, what have you got coming up? Do you have any, are you doing any virtual events? Uh, I'm obviously we appreciate the free gift. We're all going to go to takebackmycalendar.com. but what have you got going on these days? Do you, do you have any seminars that people can take? Well, I'm going to start a membership community, uh, in the spring. So, uh, just giving you a sneak peek of that right now. If you're in leadership of any kind, um, it's going to be a way for you to be part of a community with some just plug and play team leadership resources. And uh, so that you can be looking for that in in May, and then uh, I'll probably do I'll probably release my course again called Restoring My Sanity, which is going to go deeper on each one of these principles. It'll be an online course, so uh, they could stay tuned for that in the spring. Okay, so we're all going to go to TakeBackMyCalendar.com and sign up for the free gift. Thank you, Paul, for that. We're going to go to PaulCasey.org and check in there from time to time, and we're going to uh, wait for that membership community, which if you think about it, a membership community that's going to help you improve your productivity is a membership community that's going to help you make money. So that sounds pretty exciting to me. I'm looking forward to that. Um, as you've been listening, my guest today was Paul Casey. We had a lot of fun talking about time management, productivity improvement, and well, really procrastination and, uh, you know, don't put off till tomorrow doing some of the things we talked about today. Paul gave you some great time management advice that nobody else tells you. You're not going to get it anywhere else. So rewind the show, listen again and take action. I want to hear all about what you're doing. So leave me some comments on the website on this episode and tell me what's the favorite tip that Paul gave you today that you've implemented and tell us how you uh, how you became more successful. Paul Casey, it's been a it's been a real privilege and a real pleasure, both of those things, having you with us today. I enjoyed the laughs and I really enjoyed the productivity tips. So thank you so much. I enjoyed it too. Keep growing forward. (laughs) (laughs) My friends, this is the Inside BS show. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you right back here again tomorrow for another show. Until then, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.